to anybody who's trying to, you know, who has something on an idea and that they're not sure how to tackle it and how to start it, just do it. And you'll learn along the way the tools and the skills that you'll need. Uh, because if you're really passionate about that project, you're going to force yourself to to learn it so that you can go out there and, and show it to, to the rest of the world. You're listening to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self-actualization, overcoming fear, and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through. Let's start that right here, right now. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Chats with Kat. I hope you are doing absolutely fantastic let me start off by saying i'm so sorry for not putting out an episode last week but i had to take some time off for myself because quite frankly i realized that i was not doing okay i was feeling extremely overwhelmed i was feeling burnt out and i just needed a moment to catch myself and to catch up with my mind and to really ease my anxiety and um I knew that you all wouldn't mind and I knew that you all would be understanding and I've actually received a few messages from you all like asking if everything's okay and I just want to say that that truly means so much to me. Um, We're building a community here and oftentimes I feel like I have this pressure to keep up with you know the expectations right like you all expect something from me, society expects something from me, I say that I do this, so I have to do this all the time, 100%, without question, without doubt, without a pause, and that's what I was beginning to think, and I really believe that, and that's why I was getting so overwhelmed, because I wasn't taking care of myself in that, and I always say, and I always preach, take care of yourself, and do this, and do that, and I realized I wasn't doing what I said, and I forced myself to take a break, because I was just not well my mom actually had to call me and be like you're not okay and when my mom called me to tell me that I was like okay if my mom's calling me to tell me this that means that it must be true and so I just took a moment to reflect and to pause and over the weekend I you know just took a social media detox I hung out with my partner we went to see a movie we went to a great restaurant and we just caught up on a lot of things because there was just a lot of life things that were falling to the wayside, a lot of conversations that weren't being had and a lot of reflection that I wasn't doing and reflecting and clarifying and, and being in tune with myself is literally the way that I got to even bring about the show and to bring about goddess counsel. And I don't know why I thought, not consciously, but unconsciously that now I have these things so I don't have to sit in journal and I don't have to reflect and I, I have so much going on I, I don't have time for this and it's like well a without reflection you wouldn't have had these things so you need to understand that it's actually a really important part of life and that's where all the answers are and now that you have more going on that means you need to reflect even more <laughs> it's like just because I have things to do doesn't mean that now I get to stop doing things it's like no girl like you need to probably meditate more, you need to reflect more, you need to check in with yourself more, you need to exercise more, or you need to like, you know, just practice self-care even more. It's like, just because you have a project that you really care about does not mean that all of a sudden you just have to stop everything else because now you're in this place. It's like, 
no, it's actually not true. And it's, again, something I wasn't consciously thinking about, but it's absolutely how I was acting. So last week was just a wake-up call. But we are here. I am back. And guess what? If there's ever a time where I need to take a break again, I will take that break. And I know that you all will understand. And that's something that I know now. I thought that I would be receiving these messages or like, you know, being checked online or something by people who are upset by the fact that I didn't put out an episode. And it's like, actually, you all cared. And that makes me feel really supported. And um, it makes me feel really grateful that you all understand that I am a human being and that I'm not perfect and that I have my ups and my downs and that's just part of this experience you know but I hope that you all can learn from me and learn from where I was and check in with yourself to make sure that you avoid getting to where I was and if you are getting to where I was take this as a sign that hey it's okay to just put things on ice for a little bit and go do your thing go check in with yourself and make sure that you're okay first and foremost if you're not okay then nothing that you do will be okay Okay. On that note, I want to give a shout out to Spirit256, who left a review on the Apple Podcast app saying, This podcast has a unique flow to where topics become accessible for all to understand, resulting in mass inspiration. Topics discussed are carefully chosen to awaken youthful souls who are ready to make incredible life changes. Wise, articulate, and graceful. A must listen. <sighs> That review really got me a bit emotional the first time I read it because you feel what I'm trying to do here. You feel what the guests are talking about. You feel what the goal and, you know, the inspiration and the ultimate vibe (laughs) is for the show. And all I can ever do is just try to embody it and put it out in the world and curate it and to see that somebody out there gets it and was able to articulate it like this, it just makes me feel like, yes, okay, it's clear. Somebody gets it. They get it. And it just makes me feel so much better going into my work, knowing that, that there's clarity in all of this. So thank you so much for leaving that review. I truly appreciate you. I thank you for listening to the show. And for those of you who have not yet left a review for the show, please leave a review for a chance to be shouted on next week. As I mentioned in the last episode, I am trying to get to my first 100 reviews and I am officially 25 ratings away and I would really, really, really like to get to 100 by the end of this month. So please just take a few moments to leave a review. It'll mean a lot to me and it just shows me that you're listening and that you're here because I see the numbers. I see that y'all are listening, but I want to actually like know what you think. I want to know what you feel when you listen to the show. So please just take this as an opportunity to express yourself and to, you know, just check in with me and to put it out into the world what you feel when you listen to Chats with Cat. So please, please go ahead and leave a review. Today's guest is founder of the Latina-centric online space The Mujerista, Marivet Navarrete. Her platform shares stories and experiences that impact, empower, and celebrate Latinas. It aims to provide our community with resources and create conversations regarding culture, career advice, politics and activism, health and wellness, relationships, 
lo que sea. <laughs> the Mujerista is made for and by Latinas, revealing our power, strength, and beauty through our content and community. I have actually contributed to the Mujerista and I can attest to the fact that this is a platform that is solely dedicated to what it says it's dedicated to. I love how honest and open we can be in our essays and all of the things that we submit to the platform. It's actually something I didn't know I needed and now that it's out into the world I'm like absolutely this is this is what I've been looking for. Throughout our chat we discussed the motivation behind her creating the Mujerisa how she's expanded her skill set to build this from the ground up, having patience with yourself and new projects, and how she stays grounded in the mission of creating a positive space despite negative news cycles. I met Marivette a little over a year ago in Miami during our Basel at a Create and Cultivate panel. And let me just tell you, in the time that I started following her platform, it has grown so fast. It has grown so fast, and that's why I wanted to talk to her. Like, I wanted to check in and just see, like, how are you doing this? How are you feeling? How? 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 Because the growth is exponential, and it makes me so happy to witness because she deserves it. And I know she's working really hard, so I really wanted to get into her mind, and I wanted her to talk about her journey because if there are any of you who want to start something like this, I want you to know that it's absolutely possible to do it, and this is how somebody in the world is doing it. So... Without any further delay, here's my chat with Marivette. Hi, Marivette. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Hey, Kat. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm just, I'm super grateful and appreciative that you reached out and that we're, we're working together. Um, I love like chats with Kat. I love the podcast. I love the people that you've introduced through the, the, through the podcast. And so I'm just excited to be a part of it. And hopefully um, inspire uh, someone to go out and, you know, what they want to do. <laughs> oh, that's inevitable. I'm so sure that you're going to do it. I met you, um, I think, a little over a year ago or a little under a year ago. I met you during Art Basel during that time. And Yeah, it was a Create and Cultivate event in, at Miami Beach. Yes, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, I saw you and I was like, she's beautiful. Who is she? I need to know her. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you were so nice. And that's when you had just started the Mujerista. And just to see where it's at right now is so inspiring. And I really wanted to get you on the show so that you could talk about what your process has been because you really haven't been able to do so much in under a year. And the platform that you're building is extremely important for the Latinx community and Latinas in particular. So, yes, I want to dive into all the things. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, for starters, did you grow up in Miami? Yes, I was born and raised in Miami. Um, I grew up in Sweetwater, and then I moved to Kendall. Um, and I lived in Kendall all my life up until uh, college. Uh, I moved away to Tallahassee, and I went to Florida State University. Um, and through Florida State uh, and living in Tallahassee, I think I I met so many people from different backgrounds that were different from mine and just who grew up completely differently than I did Um in Miami and it just introduced me to a lot of uh, different injustices and uh, experiences some that were positive some that were negative um, that I had never really dealt with while in Miami um, but yeah I was born and raised in Miami and decided to come back after after college um, to see you know because I, I kind of missed it it was, it was strange I had for so long wanted to escape Miami and the scene um, and after a while, I realized there's really no place like it <laughs> in, mm -hmm. 
it's its own weird city. And I decided to come back and, you know, sort of make something for myself there. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of people end up leaving Miami, but I think that for the people who went upstate, they really did get a taste of like what it was like to miss home. Whereas people like me, I stayed, I stayed. And I grew up in Kendall too, by the way. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I never left. I never went away for college. So I just really need to go out and see what else is out there. So I'm sure FSU kind of felt like a different place all yeah. on its own. Yeah, I always tell people, I'm like, I know it's in the same state, but it's it's still very different. It's a, it's a lot slower pace and people are, are just different. I, It's strange because I... I felt like an other um, while I was in Tallahassee, and I had never felt that growing up in Miami. Um, I guess because like you live in some sort of little bubble when when you're here, and so when I moved away in a, to a predominantly white uh, city and school, um, I definitely started feeling that sort of like oh I I'm a diff I'm different or people are looking at me different or people treat me differently, and that was something I had never experienced before in my life, um, but. I, I mean, I loved the city. I don't want to talk trash about the city. I, I loved my experience there. I learned a lot. Um, but I definitely missed Miami afterwards. <laughs> so when you say that you um, were exposed to a lot of different injustices and experiences of other people, are you referring to people within the Latinx community or? Uh, uh, just minorities in general and myself included. Um, you know, they were just, there was just a lot of ignorance um, and I don't think a lot of it came from a hateful place, at least from my experience. Um, but there was just a, just no, just a lot of ignorance. And that I think it was mainly because the people that I had met at that time, um, they, they also grew up in their own bubbles. And uh, they hadn't experienced or met other people that were of different colors or races. Uh, and um, that was just so strange to me, I guess. And I just remember uh, my first roommate while I was in college, you know, she, the only Latinx people that she hadn't ever met in her life, um, they were Mexicans and they were like gardeners. And she just had a very stereotypical view of, of who a Latinx person is. And so when we first met, you know, um, she was my roommate, we lived in very close, small quarters, um, dormitories. And, you know, she automatically thought I was a Mexican. And it was funny. Um, I mean, now looking back on it, it's funny. But at the time, I was like, Oh, no, you know, I come from, uh, well, my family comes from this country in Central America called Nicaragua. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not Mexican. And she's like, I, she had no idea where the country was. And I was trying to explain to her, Oh, you know, it's in Central America. It's a country between Mexico and South America. And she didn't even have an, a clue that there were countries you know, in between Mexico and South and South America. And so that was just astonishing to me. Um, and it became like a small little like history lesson or a geographical lesson. And I encountered so much of that and just certain things that people would say that were very stereotypical of, you know, the Latinx community. And I, I never looked at it as it coming from a place of hate. And maybe I was naive at the time, but um, I always try to combat it with, you know, knowledge. I, I was like, okay, let me enlighten you um, with where I come from and, you know, what I know and my experiences. Um, and hopefully this changes your, your look on things or you'll be more careful with what you say or you'll, you know, read a book and, and learn something. 
Um, but, but yeah. <laughs> and did you feel like when you did that, people were receptive? Yes, I, I think I was lucky enough that again, I, the most of the people that I met were not coming from a hate, hateful place. And so I think they, they felt a little embarrassed afterwards. Um, and I, I had just always looked at it as like, okay, I'm going to teach you. And I felt that they were receptive to it. And I, I became very close friends with a lot of these people eventually. Um, and so I, I believe that they did respond well to it. And I think they probably were appreciative of it. Um, and like I said, I think it opens up their, their viewpoint um, and their eyes on, on the community that I come from. So I, I'm very proud of that. Uh, I love telling that story uh, or, you know, yeah, I love telling that story just because it, it made me feel like I made a small little difference in somebody's life. And I also learned how I can, you know, play my part in, in, in fighting uh, sort of like ignorance or stereotypical uh, comments like that. Yeah, I think that a lot of times within the Latinx community, people feel or take the position of like, it's not my job to educate other people. It's not mm -hmm. my job. They have Google. They can just educate themselves. And I've always had a conflicted feeling about that because it's like, well, well, if we're the first person or like we are the first Latinx person that any individual comes in contact with in their entire life mm -hmm. and they're truly ignorant and they never felt the need to educate themselves because nobody in their direct vicinity uh, reflected our reality, then how could we, when encountering a moment where we can use it as an educational moment, say that it's not our place and again I, I don't really feel like it's anyone's you know I guess like you don't have to take the position of educating people but it's also like does a disservice when you don't and when you say like it's not my problem and yeah. I think it's really cool that you you've decided to educate people in a really you know from a loving place because there, there's like two sides to this. There are people who are just like really angry and are just like, no, forget it. There's just so much ignorance. Like I hate everything and I don't care. I just want to be within my community. And there are people like you who are like, I love my community. We have so much to share. We have so much beauty within all of our cultures that I want to make you aware of what we're doing. And, you know, the, uh, when I was doing research and preparing for this interview, I read up on the Mujerista, although I know I've written for the Mujerista and everything, but... I really wanted to get some verbiage and I really noticed this time that the Mujerista describes itself as being an open space for us to share our views, knowledge, experiences, and unify our community in a time where others are creating false narratives on who we are. And that got me thinking, like, does that part that says when others are creating false narratives on who we are refer to the antics of Donald Trump? Or was the Mujerista something that came about before his presidency? Um, honestly, it, it did come about after the 2016 presidential elections. Um, I was just completely appalled and disgusted by the rhetoric that was used during the whole entire campaign. Um, and not just from um, <laughs> the person in the White House. And it was just all around the people that surrounded them, themselves with him um, or aligned themselves with him just because I thought it it was painting a bad picture on uh, the people who have come to this country. And my my family um, is a part of that. My family immigrated to the United States, um, my mother while pregnant with me. And so it's, it's hard to hear 
even though I don't think that person even knows where Nicaragua is located, to be honest, um, when he comes out and starts attacking the Mexican community, um, it feels like it's an attack on me as well, because I don't honestly, I, I wouldn't think that he would know the difference between, you know, me, a Nicaraguense American and a Mexican American, to be honest, um, because I, I, I think he's an ignorant person who probably just doesn't know geography either. But um, it, it definitely came about after the presidential election um, and the, the sort of rhetoric that was being used against the Latinx community as well as women. Um, and after this person won the elections, um, I just felt like I needed to do something and I just didn't know what that was. And so I, I just remember I kept thinking I need, there, there's more needs to be done. There can't be so many people that believe all of this stuff that's being said about the communities that I feel I am a part of. Um, and I don't understand why they would agree or, uh, you know, buy into it so easily. And so I thought there has to be a way to like help dispel these rumors or these, uh, false narratives. And there has to also be a way that the communities that I'm a part of um, can feel proud to be uh, who they are um, and not feel like they have to hide. And I think that was the other main thing that I wanted to tackle is that just because there seems to be a lot of people who um, are against a lot of things that I believe in or that I feel that I'm a part of, doesn't mean that I need to go hide in, you know, a corner and a cave somewhere and not be prideful of where I come from and who I am. And so creating a space where I could be proud and many other people who share um, in some of the beliefs that I have or that are part of this community, um, create that space for them, I thought was important because I thought now more than, more than ever, we should be proud, um, especially being a first generation, you know, um, uh, Nika American um, for my family and having gone to school and graduated college and, you know, got a job. And I felt my parents sacrificed so much, um, you know, like many uh, others in this community, they've sacrificed a lot and they're still pride. Like there's still a lot of pride from where they come from. And they always instilled that in me. And I am very proud of who I am and where I come from. And um, there's no need for me to hide it. And so uh, that's basically the idea that started forming in my head. And finally, you know, one night in the middle of the night, I woke up from some dream. I don't even remember the dream, but I woke up and it was like two, three in the morning. And I was like, I know what I want to do. And um, it was to create a space. And I stayed up literally till five, six in the morning. I had to work the next day, but it, it didn't matter because the idea was just so fresh in my mind that I wanted to make sure I captured all of it. Um, so I stayed up just trying to really dig into that idea and, uh, you know, what I wanted it to be called. I came up with, well, I didn't come up with the name. Like it, it was just like writing up a lot of different things that I, I wanted to, to kind of, to have the site like mean, um, and somehow the Mujerista came about and, uh, I got the domains, I, I got all the social media accounts and I, I didn't even know what I was doing yet. I just knew that I was going somewhere with this. And, and then I started coming up with color concepts and branding and just everything. So like six in the morning, cause I, I, I felt there was nothing like this out there yet. Um, and so if, I think for six months, I literally just did research on what was out there for the Latina community in particularly in particular. 
Um, and I just felt that what was there for us as a resource was mainly entertainment or like fashion gossip related content. Yeah. Um, and other than that, there were, uh, there were like Latinx sites, um, that, you know, I think Remezcla was the, is the biggest one that I can think of right now, but I felt that they were just very broad and I, I really wanted to talk about the Latina experience um, because there is just so much that Latinas are doing um, in the United States and around the world. And I felt that most publications either for Latinas talked about fashion and entertainment kind of gossip stuff or talked heavily on what the, our male counterparts are doing um, and didn't like, you know, focus on Latinas are doing unless it's like Jennifer Lopez or Selena, um, and there's more to the Latina community, and I, I idolize both women, but there's there's more of us that are currently doing a lot, and we needed. To, I felt like we need to have a voice. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's so clear that that is the intent behind it. I mean, anybody who goes to the Instagram page is just like, it's very clear that there's a sense of empowerment that comes through all of the images that you choose, all of the stories that you choose, and. Up until I started following the Mujerista, I didn't really sense that kind of curated content. Like, I mean, let's not even talk about TV because TV, like Telemundo Univision, to me, it's like a lost cause. Like, I, I don't, I can't, nothing connect, I connect with nothing there because it's very much so what you're talking about. And especially as an Afro-Latina, like, I can't, I can't depend on them to ever represent me. Ever, you know, so I've kind of I, I kind of have a distaste for them. But even just on Instagram and stuff, there's like a lot of um, pages like Cremezla or just you know meme pages or things like that that are funny, but they're not educational. And the ones that are educational, there I feel like there are a lot that are also really angry. And it's like a really weird thing. I talk about this with some of my friends, where it's like I I'm trying to figure out how to balance what I consume because I want to be empowered and I want to see I want to see the future and I want to be motivated for the future more than just be rooted in anger right now and there's yeah. so much to be angry about and I totally get it but um, I've had to be very careful with what I consume because I can just see any thing that is happening right now because our administration is terrible in a lot of ways and there's like a lot of hate going around and seeing that and hearing that so often really triggers me. And mm -hmm. there are a lot of pages that just put that out and it's like a constant trigger all the time. Mm -hmm. whereas, whereas I feel like the Mujerista is a celebration and it really is rooted in positivity and it, and it shifts our focus to the future and the good things that are happening right now. And I think yeah. that that is such a healthy consumption of media right now because it is so easy to get down in the dumps with everything that's going on in the world. And I could tell so deep that you so deeply care about celebrating our community and, and uplifting Latinas and creating a space online where we can be happy, you know? I, yeah, I think I've been able, I mean, I, I, I thank you and I, I'm glad that it's, it's coming across what I'm trying to say um, through the Mujerista. Because sometimes, you know, you, you're, you're doing it and you're not entirely sure if what you're doing is translating. And so being able to hear that it is, it means the world. And I think the reason that I've been able to do that is because I'm basically creating a space that I would want to go to. And that's something because I've, I've watched so many interviews of a lot of female entrepreneurs that I like 
look up to. Um, and one of them being uh, Emily, Emily Weiss of uh, Glossier. And so I, I constantly hear her, her talks and chats um, because what she's done with Glossier is, has just in such a short amount of time is incredible. And even when starting the Mujerista, I, I looked at what, how they started their brand to sort of figure out how I want to start mine. And they always kept their audience or the, the, the consumer that they had in mind. They always um, made sure to um, take them along the ride of like creating their brand. And so I wanted to do the same with the Mujerista um, from the very beginning. And I realized that the best way for me to do that is to create a space that I myself would want to go to. And um, put up articles or invite contributors that are people I would want to read about. And I think that's why it has been, it's been received positively by a lot of people in the community. Um, and I think that's why I've been steadily growing as much as I have. And I think that's why there's just a lot of positivity because there just isn't, there's not many spaces like that. And over the last few months, there have been more, um, especially on Instagram, there have been more uh, pages that are dedicated to empowering Latinas. Um, and it's so good to see. And, and um, I hope that there are more because the more spaces that we can have, um, the more proud and open and the more that we can change the narratives that are out there about our community and the more that we can, you know, just be proud to be Latinas. Um, and also within our community, just be able to be more accepting and to know more about the different cultures in our community because yes, we all, for the most part, a lot of us speak Spanish or have, have, have some sort of relationship with the Spanish language. Um, but we all speak it differently or, um, we eat different foods, um, or we have different traditional, uh, songs and dances and folklore stories. Um, so I just wanted to create a safe space for all of us to be able to share our stories and, and talk about stories that matter and should impact us. And so thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a really good job. So how do, you, how do you stay inspired? What is it that you consume that inspires you to create things that we consume? Um, oh, gosh. So like you were saying earlier, I, I spent a lot of time uh, reading up on what the current administration is doing. And there's also a lot going on in my uh, the, my parents' country, of Nicaragua. Um, you know, politically, there's just a lot of turmoil and chaos. Um, so I consume a lot of news media. And then I just follow a lot of... Uh, I, I, I follow Refinery29 and... I'm constantly on their website, reading their stuff. They're definitely a huge inspiration for me um, because I think that what they've been able to do with the site is, is just incredible. And same with Teen Vogue, um, which is interesting because I, I, I never thought I would go back and read, you know, go to the Teen Vogue website because I'm, I'm definitely not a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what both have been able to do on their site to be able to bring young women into the conversation and, and show them, hey, you have a voice, use it. Um, I think it's incredible. And so I, I definitely look at both sites as uh, forms of inspiration um, through the kind of stories that they're writing, through the kind of imagery that they're using. Um, I, I definitely, especially, especially Refinery29, um, I'm constantly stalking their Instagram pages and their website. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Who are they, who do they have as contributors? Um, what, what are they posting on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook and what kind of colors, what kind of messaging? I, I look at all of that. 
um, and try to see what is resonating with people. Can you talk a little bit about what skills you needed to have or what skills you mastered before you put this out? Because you have all these beautiful assets and you have this branding and it's just like, this is just well executed. But for somebody who is like a one person team, who maybe doesn't have that much um, experience in anything regarding to like social media or branding or media, what advice would you share with them? <laughs> um, you just have to learn it. And um, even if you think you can't do it, you just have to push yourself and be like, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. Because um, that's literally what I've been doing. Um, I think prior to starting the Mujerista, um, my, a lot of, a couple of my jobs, sorry, uh, consisted of doing a lot of social media. Um, I mean, my current job, I'm a social media marketing manager. Uh, the last uh, job that I had, I was the social media marketing manager as well. Um, so using Instagram and Facebook and Twitter uh, has always just been something I, I do. <laughs> yeah. um, like I'm constantly on my phone, uh, you know, having to, to post things or create copy and create content and uh, you know, find what's trending, what people want to hear and talk about. Um, so that I think, um, I guess my, my jobs for, um, and then as for the actual creation of the content, um, <laughs> it's, it's just me playing around with Photoshop, <laughs> plain and simple. I downloaded Photoshop, um, and I've just been playing around with it and I'm YouTubing how to do this, how to do that, how to create GIFs, how to create fonts. Or I also on Pinterest look up different font combinations or, um, different illustrators that I, I like and that I follow, um, you know, I look to see how they combine colors and how they use typography. And so I've been sort of, I guess, teaching myself how to create, uh, a space, uh, you know, these kind of posts. Um, and as for the cohesiveness, um, from the very beginning, I had an idea of what the brand would look like. And so I did research on, uh, you know, what I wanted the logo to look like, what kind of colors I wanted to include. And at first I was going to make, at least for Instagram, I was going to make it a very like red and yellow based page. So if you go to the very, very beginning of the, my posts for the Instagram page, um, you'll see that there's a lot more red. Um, and then there's yellow as like accent colors. Um, but there was definitely a lot more red and eventually, um, like a few months ago, maybe I started pivoting to just being, uh, including a lot more colors with like accents of red or every now and then creating the red, just cause I, I realized people were responding to something, uh, that was basically had more colors in it. Um, and that were more eye catching. Um, and at first I was really stuck on, I want to brand this with like this, using the same fonts, using the same colors. And I felt like maybe the site or the page was just a little too serious, um, at least for Instagram. Um, so I started playing around with colors more that were eye catching, but still, uh, the message like came across through it. Um, and I, I, that was a lot from, um, looking at refinery 29 and the girl boss page. Um, they, I, I love how they have their, what their branding looks like. And, you know, they have their, their fonts and they have like a basic colors that they use. Um, but for the most part, it's a lot brighter. Um, and so I wanted to go that I, I started pivoting towards that route. Um, and it was basically because I felt that people were, were responding better to it. Um, and they were still be reading the messages. Um, so I, I started doing that, <laughs> but it's, 
it's just been me teaching myself um, how to use different programs and just seeing what works and what doesn't work. And I think that's the other important thing is to just test things out, especially in the beginning. You, 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 are, you are allowed to test things out in the beginning because your following is a lot smaller. Um, so you can start noticing what people are responding well to or what they're just kind of like skipping over. Um, and so I, I started basically doing that, which is just testing what works, what doesn't work, what I liked and, and worked. And then what I, what worked, but maybe, you know, I wasn't too fond of, like, I didn't feel like what I was trying to say was coming across. Um, and so I would definitely just recommend just testing things out and pushing yourself to, uh, I guess, perfect, uh, different skills. Um, and I think that's the other aspect. You don't realize how much you should learn to do on your own, um, until you are doing it. And, and, um, it's a blessing in the sense that, you know, you'll know more than anybody, um, you know, what your site, you know, you have the idea of what you want your project, your site, or whatever it is that you're working on to be. And in order for that message to come across, you probably want to put your hands in on as much as you possibly can. That way, if you do grow your 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 business or your project or your brand, um, you're able to convey the messaging to those that come afterward to help you and work with you. Um, so I definitely would say just put as take as much time as possible to learn every aspect of what you want your brand and your business and your project to be um, and take the time to learn as many skills and do it on your own. That way you know um, how to get your message across and how to basically be self-sufficient as well because I mean at this point you don't have to depend on anybody to help you with this and it's not to say that at some point you won't you know ask for help or need help but you can always depend on yourself to get the job done and that is so liberating. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's learning to be self-sufficient. Um, and I, I definitely just say to anybody who's trying to, you know, who has something on an idea and that they're not sure how to tackle it and how to start it, just do it. And you'll learn along the way, the tools and the skills that you'll need. Uh, because if you're really passionate about that project, you're going to force yourself to, to learn it so that you can go out there and, and show it to, to the rest of the world. Um, and it's funny because when I first started, like I, like I said earlier, um, for like six months, I was just trying to do research and figure out how I wanted this to come about. And I, at, at times I was like, I'm never going to launch my website. I'm never going to actually move forward with this because I'm just constantly wanting to perfect it all. And I, I have a friend who's also an entrepreneur and we were both basically on our like on the same route of like starting our, our business or starting our brand. Um, and so we would go to each other, you know, with any help or with struggles that we might have, you know, we would talk to each other about it. And eventually she was like, what the fuck are you doing? Just start it already. Yeah. <laughs> stop, stop trying to perfect uh, your site. Just start it and then go from there. Because if not, you're never going to move forward with it. And the second that she told me, I was like, okay, I'm setting a deadline of this date, which was like January 1st, um, to launch the website and with whatever I have. And that's exactly what I did. I listened to her because she was just completely right. I, the more I sat on it, the more 
the longer it would be, the more that I sat on it, the more, more people were going to come into the space with the same idea. You know, like at some yes. point come into the space with the same idea. Yeah. And, um, she's just like, just do it. Just stop messing around and just start, you know? And, uh, so that's something else that I would recommend to somebody just have just start it, just start it and you'll perfect it along the way or you're, you'll grab the skills and learn the skills that you, you need along the way. I think that um, a lot of people feel a little embarrassed at what their skill set is, especially when they're comparing themselves to like, you know, let's say in your case, like you, you, you look up to like a refinery 29 or a girl boss and so do I, and I look at their pages and I'm like, Oh my God, how the hell am I going to be able to do something like this? And with starting out a goddess council, like, I really don't have any kind of skills in design or anything. And at first I would feel like, oh my gosh, this is kind of embarrassing because look at them. And then I realized like I just have to surrender and know that if it's coming from an authentic place, people are not going to be comparing yeah. you to all these other platforms because they, they understand the essence of what you're trying to do. Do you feel like that's how it felt at the beginning as well for you? Like, oh, this is a little embarrassing, but like I'll figure it out as I go. <laughs> yes, definitely. In the very beginning, I, I just, I, since I kept, you know, looking up to Refinery29 and Girl Boss, um, I kept saying, how am I going to, like you said, how am I going to create graphics that compare or are anywhere near what they're doing? You know, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? And eventually I had to just let that go. Cause if not, I wouldn't, I would never move forward with my projects. And, um, I just was like, I'll, I'll just do what I can, um, on my own. And eventually, hopefully, um, I'll, you know, I'll learn the skills that I need, or I'll, you know, I'll learn how to make this work and people are going to respond. And luckily that's been the case that, uh, people are responding to the messaging. Um, and then the graphics are like a perk, <laughs> yeah. but they're, they're responding to the messaging more than anything. Um, and, but yeah, I definitely had that idea of like, Oh, you know, this is embarrassing. This doesn't look good. This sucks. Um, and eventually I just, gave that up and um it's a good thing I did because if not I would I would have always just been stuck at you know ground zero um uh so so yeah so I definitely would say that you have to just get over that and, and move forward and how have you felt about yourself since launching I mean it's I think there's a certain level of confidence that comes with being able to materialize an idea like this hit you at 3 a.m on a random day and you know, less than a year later, you're almost at like 10,000 followers on Instagram and you have people all over the country, women all over the country, really connecting with your work and what you're building. And I don't like, well, how does that feel for you? How do you feel now when you walk through the world knowing that you've birthed this beautiful thing, you know? <laughs> it's funny. Some days I feel like amazing and like I'm on like a cloud nine and then other days I don't, I feel like crap. <laughs> um, but walking around now and like, or just whenever I go to my site um, and I see the content that's there and the, the women who have reached out and have said, yes, I want to contribute. Um, hey, I thought of you for this piece. You know, like I didn't even ask them to contribute. You know, they, they just went to me like, I want to contribute this piece to your site. What do you, what do you think? You know, when I get those messages um, and then I go to the site and I see what, what we have as content so far, it, it's, I'm so proud of it. Um, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy that people are understanding what the message behind the Mujeri is. 
Um, and so there are days where it hits me. I have people that now go to my site as a, as a, a resource or as a, a space to like escape for certain things or to find out what's up and coming or, uh, you know, who they should purchase certain things from. And to me, that's amazing because I never saw myself as like a voice, I guess, in the beginning when I came up with the concept, I didn't really know yet, you know, I didn't go too far into how this would be received. You know, I just thought this is what I want to create and I'm going to do it. Um, and like, you also just have this idea in your mind of like, I don't know who's going to read this or I don't know how long it'll take for anybody to notice this. Um, and so it's less than a year old and seeing how much it has grown and how much people, um, write in like, the content that you have on the site is amazing, or I really responded well to this story, or I completely related to this story, um, or having contributors who have reached back out to me, like because of the story that I had on your site, so-and-so reached out to me and wants me to contribute to this site, or it's opened up doors for this for me, or it's made me realize that I want to do this. Um, all of that is is just insane to me, because I never, I never envisioned that, I guess. And so, um, I'm so proud of the site. I'm excited for what's to come. I'm excited for the women who are inspired and excited by it. And there are other days where I'm also just like, oh, there's just so much that I need to do for the site. And I, I will also have those days where I compare myself to other sites. And I'm like, man, you know, they have so much that they're constantly putting up. And what do you tell yourself in those moments? How do you ground yourself to keep going and not let that little voice inside your head take over? Well, in the beginning, it's, I'm like down, you know, I feel down and then I just feel overwhelmed and I probably cry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then after like a good hour of, you know, just sitting in a room like, oh, you know, feeling bad about it, um, I, you know, snap out of it. I'm like, why do I feel this way? You know, um, I've done a lot on my own in less than a year and I have people reaching out to me. I've had Rosario Dawson reach out to me, which is, it's insane. Or I've had like, you know, people that I look up to, um, whether they're celebrities or journalists, um, or just women that I've followed and like love the work that they're doing. I've had them reach out to me and, and say that they love the site or they want to contribute and, um, or how, what can I do to help out? And when I remember that, <laughs> that's when I, I guess I feel grounded again. And I'm like, I just need to keep going. I, I can't continue to compare myself. And I think that's the hardest thing is like trying to not compare myself to other sites. Um, because I, I have to remember, I have a vision for the Mujerista. Um, and it's going to be different than some of these other sites. And I can compare myself to them as much as I want, but they're still a completely different site and they have different goals and they have different visions than what I have. And I have to remember that that's, that's important um, because I want to create a space that Latinas will go to and feel um, seen and represented. And there's not much out there that exists for us that does that. And as soon as I remind myself of that, um, I snap out of it and I'm like, okay, go answer your emails, go write up this, uh, this, you know, some content, go reach out to this person. Um, and if they say no, they say no, it's okay. Like there's other people, um, go come up with ideas for events or whatever the case may, may be, but 
that that keeps me grounded. Reminding myself of what I have been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time um, keeps me going and excited for like what's to come. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's I think the best thing that anybody can do when they're starting something out because there will always be people and 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 platforms and a plethora of things that will be more advanced and that's okay. Everybody has their has different starting points and. You know, we all have different momentum. Everybody has different things going on in their life. And it's really important to just think about why you started it and understand that you're one person and appreciate the achievements that you have been able to make. You know, even just launching in and of itself is an achievement, yeah. you know, because you yeah. took that step of, of trying, which is the, exactly. the first thing that a lot of people don't do. So it's like if you try, you're already winning because you're, you're, in, you're in motion, Exactly. And I feel like with social media, it's so easy for you to fall into that trap of like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Um, and I think, you know, just log off, (laughs) get away from it for a little bit, um, and center yourself, uh, you know, meditate if you need to. I I like to water my plants and like talk to them to sort of like, uh, (laughs) keep me okay. And, and, you know, stable in my mind. (laughs) Um, but I think social media definitely plays a role into feeling like you're not doing enough or that you're comp- you need to compete with this person. And you just have to remind myself yourself that that's not the case. You know, just keep your eye on your vision, keep moving forward and, you know, pay attention to what other people are doing, but don't get like engulfed by it. Right. Um, just see what they're doing and then keep it moving basically. And that's what I, I try to do. Like, I, again, I do have my days where I'll compare myself. And then I remember why am I comparing myself? Like, let me just see what they're doing and, 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 um, just see it and move forward and keep going and keep my vision, uh, you know, in place. And at the same time, you can always learn to just collaborate with your competition. And that's something that I've, um, been, working on too. Like I, there's other pages now that are, are, are similar to what I, I'm trying to do. And instead of looking at them as competition, I've actually, I've been reaching out to them like, Hey, I would like to, you know, have an event with you or, um, I love what you're doing. Um, or, Hey, I'm going to repost this that you guys posted as well. Like, you know, cause I feel like the more, you know, the more spaces that we can have for Latinas, the better it would be in the end for all of us. Um, and so that's how I've been seeing that as well um, when it comes to, you know, like competitions, I guess. So important that you highlight that because that's, that is what's going to, honestly, I think that that is what is going to make sure that you always win. Because it's like, if you really care about the foundation and the mission of it, which is to like really create transparency about experiences and stories and like, the, you just like, the community in general, you know that you can't do it alone. And like, you are not the, the, the chosen one. It's like, we're exactly. supposed to be together in this because there's just so much out there that needs to be uncovered that one person alone can, does not have enough hours to do it. And why not partner with people who are also rooted in that purpose too and who will feel just as passionate. Like that way you can double your efforts or triple or whatever to, mm-hmm. to, to um, spread uh, awareness and education and and all of that and that's just something that I think a lot of times people forget that they need to do and in Miami in particular I mean I know that Miami in in the past has had issues with that and I grew up there and I think that was what hurt me a lot of times it's just like feeling like oh my god why does nobody want to work with me why do they feel like I'm trying to take this away from them it's like I'm just trying to do this part of it like 
this is a huge pie and I just want a little piece of the pie. Yeah. I don't want the whole thing. So mm -hmm. I'm, it makes me really excited to know that you are in Miami and you're, you're, you're cultivating that energy because it is such an important essence of the work that you're doing and the work that needs to be put out and the message that needs to be put out. Um, the competitiveness, it's just like it doesn't serve anybody except co corporations who just want all the money. And like, that's not why you're doing this. Yeah, you're doing exactly. it because you care. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I see it. Um, I don't, I don't see the point in, in looking at everybody that's a competitor as a competitor. Um, I feel like that's also just negative energy that you're wasting. Um, and so, and you, I just see them as something that I can learn from. And I think that's how a lot of us should look at that. Um, that way you're not wasting your, your, your energy on, on things like that. And that way you're also just being better and improving and creating more unity and spaces. Um, like you said, that's, at the end of the day, for me, that was, that's the goal of the site of the, of the Mujerista and, um, just creating, you know, more spaces for us to feel seen and represented and to tell our stories and to show how diverse we are, um, and also show and uncover some of our differences and some of the negative aspects of our community. Um, and so the more that the more spaces that exist that can show that or highlight certain things or talk about certain problems, um, I think the better it will, it will be for our community overall period. I totally agree. How do you manage to bridge your Nicaraguense culture and the Latina experience for a lot of people who you um, try to highlight with American culture, because there's like, a, I think a lot of your audience, including myself, like I'm Dominican American and I don't really know intuitively, I know intuitively what I want to see, but as a curator, I wouldn't know how to bridge both, like being Latina and American. So you do a really good job at, at bringing up uh, content and like news that kind of meets the intersection, but how do you, how do you create that messaging? Or do you do it intentionally? Or is it just more of like, this is just what I like and this is what interests me? <laughs> it's a combination of both. Um, as a Nika American, I feel like there's never really been a lot of content for me as a Nika American, um, on TV especially. Uh, I never really saw Nicaragüense on TV unless there was something going on in Nicaragua that actually made it onto the news. Um, and so I know for me... Uh, I wanted to make sure that I can highlight countries that you don't normally see on in the media, you know, especially in like Spanish language media. Um, you typically hear of certain groups within the community more than others. And I'm aware of that. And I'm not, I know I'm not the only person that is aware of that. And so that was another reason actually why I wanted to start the Mujerista is to have more voices out there and not just have it, um, you know, per pertain to specific to certain groups. Um, and so I know that going into it, I wanted to make sure that I can include different content that talks about different groups within the community. Um, I just didn't know how to go about doing it because I, I, I can't write something up regarding, uh, you know, something that pertains to the Dominican community, let's say because I'm not Dominican. Um, I don't know what that experience is like. I don't, I don't know so much about the upbringing or about the culture. Um, and so 
I try to reach out to contributors that have different backgrounds. Um, and then also um, certain contributors, they'll we'll work together with like coming up with different ideas or stories that we want to talk about. And so they'll pitch some ideas and then I'll kind of go from there and be like, okay, well, what if we tackle it from this perspective? Because it's not a perspective you typically hear. Um, and you know, they, they respond to that and that's amazing to me. Um, and then I also just, I have been lucky to have been, um, for other, for contributors that have reached, reached out, I've been lucky that they, um, have actually reached out like, hey, I have this idea for a story or something that I want to talk about, but I don't think any other site is going to take it. Um, I think you would because it's, it resonates with your messaging. And, you know, they'll pitch it. And I'm like, yes, let's do this. Let's move forward. And I understand why some uh, why somebody would feel that way. Because like I said, there a lot of the spaces that are out there, they seem to pertain to specific groups. Um, and sometimes that alienates you know, are certain groups within the community. And so I wanted to make sure that I, you know, would have content that discusses a variety of uh, perspectives. Um, and, and I try to be aware of like, okay, have we talked about this already or something similar or from this similar perspective? Have, if we have, okay, let me just hold off on this or come back to this later or pitch a different idea. Like, from a different viewpoint. Um, so I, I do try to be mindful of it um, just because I'm somebody that has also felt like I'm what I have been through or uh, what my family has been through or what I look like is not seen on, you know, in the media. Um, so I know that there's so many others that feel the same way too, just from talking to others as well. Uh, they'll tell me the same thing. We're like, oh, you know, I'm from Guatemala. I never hear anything about Guatemala or I'm from Chile or whatever the case may be. Um, so I, I do try to be mindful of it. And sometimes it's just by chance that some of the content has been able to uh, tell different perspectives. But I, I definitely do try to be mindful of that. I can definitely sense that when I go on your page and when I read the essays and the different pieces that you have. Um, being a contributor in the past, like I felt like I was able to talk about something that like I, would, I personally have never seen anywhere else because it's just so nuanced and it's so particular, but obviously it still resonates with a lot of people. But I think that a lot of media outlets and platforms forget that there are within the minority, there are minorities in terms of representation. Yes. And I think yeah. the Mujerista does a really good job at talking about um, and, and bringing awareness to the things that certain groups are going through that Ahemesca is not even talking about because it's like, they want to appeal to so many people that they forget that they need to also appeal to micro communities because they also have their own stories. And I think that that's what's so inspiring about your page. And it's so thoughtful and it's so clear that everything that you do has an intent behind it. And even if the stories that you're telling are not for everybody, they're for somebody and that somebody feels heard and represented at that moment and for that time. And I think that's essentially what you're trying to do here is to fill in those, those gaps and, and fill those voids that nobody else is doing. And, it, and it's definitely very clear. And um, I, I, I appreciate everything that you're doing. Like, honestly, I really do feel like you, you have um, a thoughtfulness and a true desire to do this the right way. And uh, I know I mean, it's going to take a lot of time, but I, I feel it and I support it. And I know that, like, this is going to be huge. It's already huge. 
I mean, I can't take all the credit for it. Like, honestly, like I've mentioned, uh, I've been lucky that so many of the contributors or people that are looking to contribute um, have come from such diverse backgrounds and they're seeing the potential of the Mujerista um, and that they've thought of the Mujerista as like, this is the space that I can contribute this sort of story to and that I know that they're going to allow me to have the freedom to create, you know, the, the kind of piece I want to create. Um, I've, I've been super lucky with that. And maybe that is because of the content that I've created. Um, but it, it, I feel like I've, I've been lucky, you know, like, I feel like I've the one who's been lucky to have gotten contributors that have been able to just be so, um, outright, you know, with their stories and, um, you know, cause it takes a lot for somebody to write about something that's personal. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so for them to look at my site as a safe haven for it it's that's amazing to me um one of the contributors I had a friend had said hey you might want to talk to this person I know she likes writing um she's not really like a you know a journalist or a contributor or, you know she doesn't really do that she just likes to write but I feel like she'll have a lot of good stories to tell um and so I said yeah that, that, that works for me I you know we spoke on the phone um, she loved the idea and she, we emailed back and forth and she's like, I, I think I know what I want to write. And it was something so personal. Um, and I was completely caught off guard that she was willing to share, you know, her story of mental illness, um, in, in her, that, that she experienced in her life. Um, and she was like, I think I'm just going to make this like a one, you know, one story piece. And that's that. And I'm like, okay, that, that I'm just. I just, I'm just honored that you're willing to share something so personal with me and with my readers. So let's, let's go for this. Um, and then she kept messaging me back. Like this is ending up a little longer than I thought. Is this okay? It's going to be really long. And I'm like, just go for it. Like I, there's no limits here. Like this is your story and I want you to be able to tell it, um, how you want to tell it. It doesn't matter how long it is. Like just go for it. And we ended up doing like a three part series with it. Like she wrote three different pieces about, you know, her story. Um, and she wrote back, like n telling me how she just kind of didn't realize how, um, how free she would feel, you know, at the end of it. Like it was a very personal story, um, that she didn't really discuss too much. And she, she allowed me to tell it on my site. And that, was to me so this was just amazing and hearing how she you know later on just felt so much freer after it and liberated um that that's 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 cool like that's just and I'm, I don't even know how to put it into words it's just like it's it's amazing it's not something that I fully I guess imagined the site could do <laughs> yeah and it's I'm sure takes you aback at times where it's like wow I, I can't believe that I was the one that put this together and and um, created a space and gave people permission and uh, affirmed them because it's like by you saying yes to that piece, it's like you're affirming that their story is valuable and that it is worth you know being heard. Um, yeah, I girl, you're you're up to some great great things. Let me tell you. Um, I want to jump into some rapid fire questions. Oh gosh, okay, let's do this. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite favorite time of day? Morning, noon, or night? Night. Night. You're a night yeah. owl. Um, yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite Nika dish? Oh my gosh, that's hard. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, 
So I love nakatamales, um, which is our, I guess, version of a tamal, tamale. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's a nakatamal. It's got pork and rice and potato, um, and it's like wrapped in a plantain leaf. It's the most amazing thing you'll ever have in your life. Um, so if you haven't tried one yet, make sure you go to your local fritanga mm-hmm. and try it. Um, I know a lot of people like uh, carne asadas. Um, I like them too. It's just, I've had so much carne asada in my life that <laughs> it's like not in my top right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's an acatamal. <laughs> Amazing. Um, if you had $1 million, what would be the first thing that you buy? Oh, I think it's the house for my parents. <laughs> oh, yes, I love that. I, I love that. that. <laughs> What's one app you cannot live without? One app? I hate, I don't, I hate, but I'm going to say it's Instagram, but it's probably going to be Instagram. <laughs> Somebody else also said that. Yeah, it's because yeah. there's just like so much going on there, man. And especially I, if you curate your feed well, like it's a fun place to be. <laughs> I just feel like superficial, like I guess, saying Instagram, but it's honestly, it's Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Instagram is pretty cool when you navigate it well. Um, <laughs> if there was one message that you could get out to the world, what would that message be? This is a hard one because there's just so many. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be to just be kinder, like just be kinder to your, to yourself and to your, to your neighbors and be more understanding of where um, other people are coming from and, and through kindness, try to uplift or help others out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's I think that's exactly what our world needs right now. Yeah, I, I feel like there's just so much hatred and so much anger and it's not helping. I, I think it's, it's, I don't think it's helping. I think we're, we're just getting just caught up in staying angry as opposed to just how do we fix things? How do we make people understand? How do we make people, um, you know, think differently about others? Um, and I think it's through just being kinder and listening and understanding. I totally agree. Well, on that note, thank you so much for this amazing interview. Um, where can people learn more about you and the Mujerista? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so to learn more about the Mujerista, you just visit uh, www.themujerista.com. That's T-H-E-M-U-J-E-R-I-S-T-A. I hope I spelled that right. You did. Um, and then... Um, <laughs> and then visit um, our social media pages, uh, which is at the Mujerista. Um, it's the same on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I am always looking for contributors. So if you feel like you have a story that you want to tell, that you want to share, um, please reach out. You can um, just fill out the little submission form on the website, and I will answer it. <laughs> You'll get me, um, and you know we'll work together. So. If you have, actually, if you just have any ideas or just want to say hi or just want to give some feedback, just, you know, message us, whether it's on the social media pages or through the website, just contact and let's talk. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Marivet. I love what you're doing. Always supporting you, even if it's just online because we're in two different states. I, I'm always rooting for you and I cannot wait to see what you do next. 
Oh, no, thank you. And thank you for giving the Mujerista a chance. You were like, like one of my first contributors. It's, it's insane. And I love following what you're doing. I'm obsessed with what you're doing. Um, and I am dying to go to New York so that I can go to a go goddess council uh, event and um, just see you in person and yes. like give you a hug. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. Hopefully we make that happen soon. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, thank you. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and sticking to the very end. Go ahead and follow the Mujerista online, on Instagram, on Twitter, and check in with Marivette if you want to submit any stories or if you want to let her know how great she's doing. Please go ahead and give yourself time to check in with yourself, to create a happy space, to just be you and to not let your days be dictated by other people or by the pressures of society as i talked about in the beginning of this episode it's really important to just make sure that you are doing you and that you're okay before you can do anything else for anybody else so please give yourself the space to do that i'm rooting for you i'm sending you lots of love light good vibes and all the fantastic things i will be checking in with you next week with another amazing episode <laughs>